WTOCAM, W236CR, Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection. Brought to you by Child Advocates. Your voice, their future. On Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And good afternoon and welcome to Community Connection. I'm Tina Cosby. Today is Monday, November the 20th. It's the start of a short Thanksgiving holiday week, and it will indeed be a short week uh, for me and uh, those of us on Community Connection. As I was saying uh, last week, after today, uh, Community Connection will be on vacation with an encore show tomorrow and music the rest of the week. Uh, We'll return on Monday, November the 27th, and we'll resume with our regular live programming again after today. After today, we'll be back live on November 27th. Uh, again, tomorrow, an encore show. The rest of the week, music. We're back on the 27th. Right now, though, and on the show today, Child Advocates is wrapping up 2023 with an important reminder that's going to be in our second hour. But first, as promised, as promised, she is back on Community Connection. She is, as you all know, a very well-established, nationally known Democratic strategist, a longstanding expert in the world of politics in general, and most recently the chair of the Hogsett for Mayor re-election campaign. Uh, we are pleased to welcome back to Community Connection Miss Cordelia Lewis-Burks. Miss Cordelia, welcome back. How are you? Thank you. Thank you very much, Tina. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being here. I guess, would we consider this a victory lap of sorts? I mean, what do you think? Well, I'm telling you, (laughs) I have not been so happy in all of these days for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so tell us. I want to thank the voters here in Indianapolis, Marion County, for coming out to support our mayor, Joe Hogsett. Yeah, yeah. So, what was it? What, what, what? uh, You say you were never so relieved. I guess are are you saying that there were times when you didn't know if it was going to go the way it did? I mean, what? Tell, tell us about that. Well, you know, like I indicated the last time I was on the show, that my dear friend who's passed on, Bernetta Sloss Tanner, used to tell me, Cordelia, wait until the fat lady sings. And she doesn't sing until two hours after the election. <laughs> and I didn't have to wait that long this yeah. time. <laughs> so, so this, Miss Cordelia... Uh, was a historic, his history-making race. Uh, more money spent on this mayoral race than in, in the history of any other mayoral race in the city of Indianapolis, over $21 million. Yeah. Um, how did that shape things in, in your estimation? And, how, and what were your thoughts on the fact that so much money uh, was thrown at this uh, race, especially by the, the opponent? Well, Tina, you know, besides the money, there are people in the background who helped our mayor get to this point. And I'd like to acknowledge them as well, uh, because you don't always hear their name. And it was his young campaign director, Blake Hirsch, and then there is uh, Chair Myla Elridge and Kate Sweeney Bell, who did the work to expand early voting opportunities that help people get access mm-hmm. to the ballot. Mm-hmm. And in the last six years, we've gone from one early vote center to nine early vote centers. And now every voter can vote at any polling location on Election Day. And I think that helped as well. Now, the money that was spent, um, Mayor Joe, um, 
won by 59.4% of the vote to 40.6% against Jefferson Shreve, despite Shreve having spent more than $15 million on attack ads. Jefferson outspent our mayor by more than uh, 2 to 1. one. Mm. But you know something else? I sat back election night as up at... the for the uh, celebration was held, and I thought about my pastor father, who used to preach that it's harder for a rich man to get into heaven as it is for a camel to get through the eye of a needle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought about my mayor, who is a public servant for this city, who came out on top. Yeah. 59.4% to 40.6%. Yeah, and and Miss Cordelia, the uh, the early polling uh that that we shared and and indicated on the show was that the mayor uh, in the late stages of the campaign, the mayor was ahead by 10 percentage points, ended up winning by nearly 20 percentage points. So Absolutely. Wh- how do you how do you explain or what are your thoughts on the fact that that polling was was kind of uh, kind of way off. Well, you know, I have one dear friend who is in the Washington, D.C. area, and I met him when I was on the Democratic National Committee, uh, who's a pollster, so I have respect for him. But I don't pay any attention to polls. Uh, it wasn't the polls that I was worried about. It was the money that Jefferson Shreve was spending on his negative ads. That man, man never said anything positive about our city. And I think the voters in this city uh, resented that. And they were going to come out and show him. And, and that's where I think, because they believe in Mayor Joe Hawkset, you know? Mm-hmm. He's at our churches. He's with our children. Uh, you know, he's provided so many programs to move the city away, ahead. And I don't care what the Indianapolis Business Journal said. Uh, the Indiana Indianapolis Chamber of Commerce believed in our Mayor Joe Hawkset, and that is why they endorsed him over the businessman. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the fact that um, there was the appearance, well, not the appearance, I mean, it actually happened, that uh, Shreve uh, kept changing his positions and adopting the positions of, of Hogsett in terms of trying to, you know, to, trying to, to get in and trying to, to, to steal some votes. Well, not steal, but, no you know, vision. win votes his way. He yeah. absolutely had no vision of what he wanted to do for this city that our mayor hadn't already done. So then he latched on to the mayor's program. You know, he didn't come, well, blowing the leaves, you said you hadn't heard that. But the last ad that I heard. I had not heard that ad. You were, we were talking, or what Ms. Cordelia is talking about, if you're, if you're just tuning in. We were talking, Ms. Cordelia and I were talking earlier this morning, and she was asking me about uh, that, that ad. So anyway, go ahead. I, I had not seen that one. That was a late well, campaign I ad. I did, because, you know, I had two limbs cut off of the trees, tree in my backyard because the leaves were getting over my garage. However... <laughs> I love trees, but and I love the fall of the year, but, Lord, when the leaves come down, that's another thought. Mm-hmm. But he had an ad at the last minute that one of the things that he would do, if the citizens would rake their leaves out into the gutter, he would have a truck come along 
and sweep them up and take them, and we wouldn't have to bag leaves anymore. Mm-hmm. Lord have mercy, Jesus. That's the best he could do. Yeah. Come after my leaves. <laughs> yeah, come after the leaves. It was uh, I, I, it was one I missed. I, I, <laughs> I it's straws for anything that he could get that he thought would move the voters here in Marion County in the city of Indianapolis, but they fooled him. But on, on a larger, you know, if, if we let, let's expand out a little bit because. The the GOP, as we know, for years has been trying to get a hold of that office uh, and hold on to it for a while. And they haven't held on to it or had uh, control of it since the days of uh, Bill Hudnut. That's true. Uh, the, the state legislature is trying to get a hold of it and, and take over as mayor of Indianapolis in a lot of ways. And this time uh, they tried with an, an extreme uh, and historic amount of money. Uh, trying to to get that office, and that did not work. It's Democratic stronghold, no amount of money was went, was buying it this time. You know, she'd had an ad that said he was not running uh, against the mayor because he was a Democrat. Mm-hmm. But you know what came to my mind? No, you're running against him because you're a millionaire and you can you think you can buy the campaign. But yeah. that didn't c- turn out for to be so good for him either. You know. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so I I think just based on the unscientific um, uh, responses that and and feedback that we've gotten on this show, uh, there there seemed to be a trust factor with uh, with that the the other candidate with Jefferson Shreve. A, a lot of people who were likely voters who called the show and 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 wanted to weigh in simply didn't have a lot of trust for Jefferson Shreve because they didn't know him. And and that being, you know, that being said, uh, and the campaign being over and and now that Mayor Joe has been, you know, granted a third term, uh, there are still some things that folks want, and I mean, crime. I, I guess is 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 you, you know you can't get around that. But so many things, like the city's infrastructure, uh, and and public safety, like lighting, which you know by several years ago, Hogsett campaigned heavily on. Uh, but but lighting for the streets and uh, potholes, uh, the infrastructure um, for the streets and things of that nature. Um, is there, do you know, I mean, I know you were the campaign chair, uh, re-election chair, but is there any way that you can find out if the mayor's going to lean in just a little bit more heavily in that area uh, to try to get some of these things taken care of? Because people are really hurting in those areas. I mean, if you, if I bring, a, like, if I say I'm going to do a show today on potholes, I'm, I guarantee you, Miss Cordelia, the, the the lines would be full for two hours straight because that's how emotional and that's how serious a problem it is. But do a show, in fact, that, that we need more lights on our city streets. So yes, Mayor Hoxett was uh, was trusted uh, and is the, was the trusted choice and and the, the clear choice by not ten but twenty points. Uh, but he's there. It seems like there's going to be a lot more work to do, especially in this last, um, as he says, his final term in office. Well, that's why he ran for a third time. I, you know, after the second election, I think the mayor was ready to uh, leave the office. But during the pandemic, it kept him from doing many of the things that he knew that the city needed to have done. So that is why he ran for a third time. As far as the streets are concerned and the potholes, 
I, like many others, uh, try to avoid those. And but let me <laughs> yeah, say this: did. this mayor has spent more money uh-huh. on our streets than the previous mayor. Uh-huh. And the previous mayor sold the parking meters and sold the uh, the gas and water company. Oh, privatized money. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. He yeah, claimed yeah. he was doing it to um, resurface the streets. Well, he, he he resurfaced some streets. I remember Ellisonville Road and um, many other streets that I traveled that he, at 29th and 30th Street from uh, the Fall Creek River over to Meridian, he resurfaced those two streets. And within three months, the, the street was crumbling because he had, the, the contractors had used cheap asphalt. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something. I, my memory goes a long way back. Mary, Mary Artie, who was a city-county woman who was over uh, uh, the part of that uh, the streets, I heard her indicate one night that asphalt was supposed to last 11 years. The least it would be 11 years without any potholes. And uh, but when you put, when you put down quality asphalt, well, underbalanced quality asphalt was not put down, and it was it wasn't into the what about the second year of Mayor Hossett, the streets were falling apart, and he was taking the blame for it when the blame should have been placed on ballot for the cheap asphalt that was put down. The mayor, with the dollars that's coming from the uh, uh, National uh, Transportation Committee and Joe Biden, he is using it to resurface streets. I was going out to 30th Street to um, to Shadeland, and I looked at the streets at that Councillor Duke Oliver had had repaved in his district, and and I'm hoping that they will last because we have quality asphalt. But if you want to get your streets paved, you, you, the mayor's action line doesn't all. They have so many calls. Call your city county council person. Mm-hmm. You know, I called uh, Bob Osley when I asked for uh, the street from 28th and Kenwood up to 34th Street mm-hmm. be repaved. And we got, uh, got the, well, didn't get all of it. They got from 30th up to, from 29th up to 32nd Street, uh, repaid for the city. Because my, my neighbors were complaining. You know, our streets hadn't been repaid since Susan, Susan Williams was a county person, and I called her mm-hmm. to ask her to get the street repaved. You need to know who your city county council person is. Yeah, that's true. And we, that's we've... who you call, when you, and then they carry it on. Mm-hmm. That's why we have the city county council people. And then we have the mayor's uh, young people who are assigned to uh, neighborhood districts. Mm-hmm. We need to get involved. Involved so we would know what to do. Now, don't call me and ask me. I am not a small person. I am the chair of the election campaign because I'm getting calls as early as 7 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. uh, about something. And I, I and I respond to the calls, but listen, um, my neighbors and citizens, I am not the mayor's staff person, but you need to call your city county councils who are reelected. 
uh, in this election. Yeah. And I, I am really happy because they will go forward with the mayor's budget and do some of the things that need to be done in the city. If you're just tuning in, our guest, Miss Cordelia Lewis-Burks, her most recent uh, assignment, just, just an expert in politics, nationally known, uh, her most recent um assignment was uh, the chair of Mayor Joe Hogshead's re-election committee. She's here now. Uh, as she was saying, to to thank voters and to, to let us know a couple of other things. I got several questions, Ms. Cordelia. Uh, we have a caller, though. 317-239-1310. 317-239-1310. Uh, Brother Man, you have a question for Ms. Cordelia. Yes. Uh, Ms. Cordelia and uh, uh, the the, I can't remember your name. Tina, that's okay, though. <laughs> I, I'm just glad you we called. Did a good job. That's, that's did all right. Job. That's okay. We did a good job. We got Mayor Joe in. Uh-huh. And the thing I want him to do, if he can, change his position and run again and beat uh, that Republican that I loved so well back in the day. Uh, Bill Hudnett. He's the only Republican that I thought about voting for, but yeah. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I said, no, I'm a Democrat. I've been voting Democrat since <laughs> 1960. Yeah, Hudnett had a way of getting folks to cross over. He really did, didn't he, Miss Green? Yeah, he, he kind of had me. He tried to get me to be a Republican. I told him my father in heaven would not like that. <laughs> Recruit, you had to recruit me to become a Republican. Yeah, yeah. One more thing, ladies. We we got a big one coming up next year. Yes, we, we do. So we keep that crook out of the White House. He ain't nothing but a crook. Yeah. Criminal. A criminal. Yeah. Him and him and that man over at Israel. Kill oh, him. Netanyahu. Yeah. 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 I can't think of what's his name. B- Benjamin what's Netanyahu, the Prime Minister, ben- Israel's Prime Minister. <laughs> Netanyahu. Yeah. He's yeah. a crook too. Yeah, well <laughs> Crook yeah. and a killer. Mm-hmm. He's uh they I, I think they're turning up the heat on him and rightfully so. He's he's just not the right yeah. person for that. He needs the heat turned up on him in a in mm-hmm. a big way. Yeah, US needs to turn up more heat on him, frankly, but I don't know. We'll see. But more, more accountability to him. I, I think to make him to hold him more accountable. I think Biden is going to have to do some stuff. But I, you know, Miss Cordelia, you know those, uh, you know those ins and outs better than I. Um, I just, I just don't think Wait. you can in this particular situation. You can't give Netanyahu a blank check. That's uh, true. With no accountability. No. no more money. No more money until you decide until you do X, Y, and Z, and and let these people, you know, just offer some humanitarian assistance. Um, this obliteration is not uh, is not good. Yeah. Tina. Yes, ma'am. You know, uh, our mayor is just the second mayor in city history to serve more than eight years. And speaking of Mayor Hutnut. Uh, he mm-hmm. joins Mayor Hotnut in that effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the other thing is, you know, Jefferson Shreve and others said that the reason why Mayor Joe won was because we did straight ballot voting. Well, they've done it for years. <laughs> our, our citizens have learned to do it as well. They knew that the mayor would need a supportive city-county council to get his programs through. So the mayor enjoyed broad support among our black residents because they knew he had been 
speaking to their issues affecting uh, every corner of the city and every end of, of, of our economic spectrum. So, you know, uh, Mayor Joe didn't have to go. To, and I saw that Shreve learned how to get, that black didn't rub off, and he was at black churches, you know. <laughs> I, I thought one day, I hope this man gets the Holy Ghost while he's going to black churches. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, though? If you're not, if you're not a regular... Uh, and if you're not regularly known in certain circles, people are sophisticated enough to see through the the facade, if you will, that, hey, I'm just here because I want you to vote for me. After you vote for me, I don't want to have anything, you know. So, you know, it, 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 if you're ingrained and you're a part of community, then you're a part of the community. You don't have to really... Uh, you know, hurry, play, hurry up and catch up. So I think that that kind of hurt him as well because he's never really been recognizable in the communities that he needed to win over uh, mm-hmm. to even make a decent run at it, even to make a decent run. Yeah, a decent run. Well, Miss Miss Cordelia, we're lo- uh, we're, we're losing you a little. Can. Well, yeah, are you are you outside or are you you know your phone just got muffled. It just sounds muffled, I guess for some reason. I'm not sure. You want to We can Okay. Yeah. Let you know what? Why don't we let, let's take a quick break, Sky, and uh, you stay on the line and Sky's going to help you get the get your audio adjusted cuz I got a lot more questions to ask you, okay? Okay, we'll be right back. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we're back with Community Connection. I do believe we have our audio issues all cleared up. Our guest, Miss Cordelia Lewis-Burks, uh, most recent, uh, so you know her well. You know Miss Cordelia. Everybody knows Miss Cordelia. Uh, and uh, she most recently was the campaign chair for, uh, the chair for the campaign for the re-election of Mayor Joe Hogshead, another successful um, campaign chaired by Miss Cordelia, uh, who's used to winning. You know, you're used to winning, Miss Cordelia. Let's just put it out there. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So what is there a secret to that? Well, you know, I, I have been trained by the best, and uh, I always like to mention my work with the A. Philip Randolph Institute. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mr. Randolph was uh, a mentor for me, as well as Norman Hill and Baird Ruskin. Uh, there's a, a movie that will be on Netflix. Uh, I think it's running streaming now mm-hmm. about Baird Ruskin, who was actually the person who put together the March on Washington in 1963. Mm-hmm. You remember the Big Four got together, which yeah. included Mr. Randolph and um, the. Uh, chair of the NAACP and the Urban League and Mm -hmm. SNCC. And Mm -hmm. they selected Mr. Randolph to lead the march. And he uh, delegated that to Baird Ruskin. And we don't always give enough uh, praise to those leaders. I've often heard that Bayard Ruskin was the was the was the really the the true inspiration behind it all. I mean, the brains behind it all. He was indeed his cane and his Mm -hmm long cigarette holder. There you go. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I remember we had a conference down in New Orleans. Uh-huh. And uh, at that, that was the time when labor was boycotting lo- uh, uh, lettuce. 
because of how the mm-hmm. Latinos were treated oh uh, in the field, the lettuce fields. And we went in, and there was a lettuce salad on the table. And <laughs> Ben got up and snatched the tablecloths out off of every table in that banquet. <laughs> oh, my. But that was Barrett Rustin, you know. Uh, and I was honored to have attended Barrett's uh, funeral in New York when he mm. passed on. Yeah. But Norman Hill is still alive, and I reach out to Norman every now and then to let him know that I'm still involved. I was one of the A. Philip Randolph uh, interns. So, so if there was, worked, yeah, what did they teach you? I mean, in a word or two, what did they teach you? Well, we had... Um, staff members from the national AFL-CIO who came around and taught us how to get out the vote. And I remember Bill Pollard, who was over the uh, Department of Civil Rights at the national AFL-CIO, who who came, who taught, we were down in um, Mississippi. We Mm -hmm. had a class down in Mississippi. And Mr. Pollard was teaching us the ins and outs of the Supreme Court, and he let us know mm-hmm. that we needed to know who we were voting for as president because they were the ones who nominated individuals for the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. and that the court would ha- would uh, take up issues that would affect us for the rest of our lives. Absolutely. And, I, you know, one of the things that I... Um, I admonish myself for is that I have not, in my years of service, did not talk more about the effects of the Supreme Court on Mm -hmm. our lives, and Mm -hmm. not only ours, but our children and grandchildren. And as you can see, Mm -hmm. that is what is happening. Yeah. And we hear that a lot. A lot of a lot of callers talk about the fact that more voter education is needed, uh, more uh, background in terms of what a vote means uh, is yep. is needed, and maybe we haven't been doing. You know, obviously, uh, especially have. in the area of the Supreme Court, we have not. That's uh, true. And uh, Mitch McConnell just took that and ran with it until he just blew it absolutely, just blew it to smithereens. He blew it up. He did, he did indeed. And and let me say, I was reading um, something that I got. I read so much. I I'm, I'm in the process of destroying newspapers of the last two years that has George's <laughs> name. <laughs> I threw away a bag of newspapers and <laughs> because I wanted to be able to talk about what my mayor uh, was doing in this city for mm-hmm. our people. Mm-hmm. But um, it is just so important. And, you know, another thing is the down-ballot races. Mm-hmm. The down-ballot races now next year will be as important as the city-county council was this mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. because we will be electing our congresspeople and uh, those who run for the uh, Indiana House and, and mm-hmm. Senate. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was about to speak about, you know, we think that the mayor can do everything, but... Have we ever thought about what that legislature is holding back? We don't have home rule in this city or in the state. There's so many things. They didn't even want us, to, the mayor, to sign off on the, the rapid transportation. You remember? A salmon was one, bless his heart, who passed a few weeks ago, passed on. But he left the council, went to the 
mm-hmm. Indiana Senate, and he was one of the ones who did not want to see the red, purple, or any other line going through uh, this city. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the mayor was trying to get uh, the apartment uh, owners to get rid of the mole and, and turn the heat on and pay their water bills, you know, he was hampered by the Association of Landlords who had lobbied the state legislature. And the other thing is that we don't get the money that uh, uh, other parts of the state get for our roads. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, we've, we've discussed you know, that a lot of times, too. That's, yeah. that's true. So yeah. we need to know the whys of what the mayor can and cannot do. Yeah. Uh, 317-239-1310. Ms. Cordelia Lewis-Burks is our guest. Uh, Brian, you have a question for Ms. Cordelia. Well, yes. I was listening while I'm driving in the car, and she was talking about call-out representatives. They never answered their phone. They got secretaries that pass messages along, and we don't ever know what's going on behind the scenes. So, and I'm a, I'm a ex-con, and I showed up at one of their meetings, and all they did for me was give me all their cards and took off. When you call them, nobody's there. So I don't see the point of voting. Well, you I'm must totally not stop voting. To vote against them. <laughs> you know, yeah, use that. Use voting that. against someone who is not uh, 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 or taking care of the issues that I am concerned with. And when they run for election, and you, we need to ask them if we can, you know, what are the issues? Why are you running? And these are my issues, and how do you feel about it, you know? Well, they switch uh, up once well, they get in there. They yeah, tell he's... you what they're going to do, but when they get in there, they switch up. Well, I, I'm, 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 maybe so. I can't answer to that because. Uh, well, we can I see it the to... way the world is being ran right now. Well, that's that's true, but we have to get a number of our people. Uh, no, they've been saying that since I'm 62, okay? and I'm, I don't see it getting any better. I don't. All well, the wars going on, and people are hungry, and they're just killing money. Your mind, sir, because you made it up. No, and you made what it they up want to do when they get in office. Experiences. <laughs> But, so you know, Ms. Cordelia makes a good point, Brian, that uh, if, if someone is not, you can't get a hold of them, vote against them, you know, because they're not, well, you know, I, they're not being responsive. Vote against them, that's just one thing. It's the whole system is messed up. <laughs> really, from the, from they need to scratch the Constitution and start all over because they're not even following the Constitution. I have uh, five on that topic. Well, I can tell you, I believe that my congressman, Andre Carson, does all that's that he the can one I don't believe in. <laughs> I beg your pardon? Uh, Sir? I didn't understand you. Fuck one. It sounds like he's at a store or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm listening, but I just, I mean, I was incarcerated. I studied the law, studied the Constitution. From what I've read and, and analyzed it, from the years that I was locked up, they're not following what they've written. 
Well, I so, have a copy, copy of the Constitution sitting here right here on my coffee table in my son's room. So I pick it up and read it occasionally. Well, that one, they're having abolished slavery because you go to prison. That's exactly what that is. I'm about. Yeah, sir, uh, if, you can, if, you could, if you could get to a place where we could hear you exclude, because we, you, there's so much background I'm, there. I'm, we, I'm sorry. I had you on speakerphone. Yeah, there, we, yeah, we simply can't. That. We simply can't engage. With, wow. Yeah. Um, but you know what? For all of the problems, it's it's the best that we have, and it far it is far better than a whole lot of other places. And so the the only option we have is to work within it to to to, to that as far as pardon. To make change. To make change. That's the only way change is going to occur. I mean, we can sit back and say it's messed up. They're not doing what they're going to do. And then, you know, I, that's why I'm not voting. But then what's what's the point? What's the point of complaining about it? What's the point of saying it needs to be changed if you're not going to get involved in the change? What's the point? You're just making a statement. Right? You say nothing's ever done. Okay. Well, I, I, okay. I tell well, you, I vote, and my children vote, and my grandchildren vote, because they they have been taught how important it is. One of the things that I have uh, against our educational system is that we don't teach civics anymore. Yeah. You know, I recall when I was in the fifth grade, I had to know every state and every state capital, uh, and every state capital. Yeah. But we don't we don't teach civics anymore. Many people don't even know what the three parts of government is. Mm -hmm. But know. yeah, and I understand. I understand the last caller's everything. point. I understand the point that he made. He has he has valid criticisms. But sure. when you get past the criticism, that what do you do? You just go home and fold your arms and sit. What you you have? If you want to just criticize it, you studied it. You know about it. That's fine. But then. But then you don't vote. So what? How do you have a say so about anything if you don't vote? That's true. Vote against them. You know, or do something. I, I don't know. I I'm just tell you one thing, and I'm going to say this, and and um, mm -hmm. I thought about it the other day. <clears throat> you know, there were many in this town who were against slaving, mm -hmm. and uh, and now that slaving is gone. They're worried about who's going to run against them. Mm. And everybody can run against anybody this the next time around. Just mm -hmm. like we had a mm -hmm. lot of people running for precinct commitment. Mm -hmm. You know, slating is gone, so you got your wish. So now we'll just hope we can keep you in office if you're doing a good job. And if you're answering the phone when this man calls. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to tell you one thing. I have an Indiana legislative director and there is not any black state legislature who have their home phone in that directory but if you go outside of marion county uh and see the representatives in other areas many times they have their home phone the other thing that they do is called a third house meeting now you have the indiana senate and the indiana house but the third house is the meetings that they have in their areas during the legislative session. And our folks don't, how, how do they make contact with our citizens here in Marion County who have voted for them?
Now, this black legislative caucus did start having going around the state. Yeah, they do the town halls. They do the town halls over the town hall. Yeah, but out in the in the in the um, uh, other areas of the state, they do those things weekly or monthly while they're in session. Mm -hmm. But you cannot get in the legislative director which directory which lists everybody who's in the legislature and many of the officers in the legislature, but our folks don't have their phone number in that book. Well, I want to call them at when they're out of session. I can't reach them. Now, I do have some phone numbers, mm-hmm. but that's not the privilege of many of our citizens in this, in this uh, area, in our city and state. And I have told my uh, state senator... You know, if I can't call you when you're not in session, I don't need you. And mm-hmm. I, I, that is one of my chagrins. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miss Miss Cordelia, this just uh, this just crossed from CNN. Uh, it says a federal appeals court on today ruled against a key tool used to enforce the Voting Rights Act, possibly setting up another Supreme Court showdown over one of the nation's landmark civil rights laws in a ruling that springs from an Arkansas redistricting case. The 8th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that private entities cannot uh, bring lawsuits under a provision of the law known as Section 2. How often have we talked about that? A two-to-one decision, the judges said the text and structure of the voting rights statute shows that Congress did not give private plaintiffs the authority to sue. The appellate panel affirmed a 2022 ruling by Trump-appointed federal judge in Arkansas that held only the U.S. Justice Department can bring Section 2 lawsuits. That, Miss Cordelia, is dangerous. It is indeed. That is extreme. And, and, it's, and it's headed to the court, to the high court. Well, I, I mean, it, invariably it's going to. I mean, I can't imagine yeah, I them leaving it here. anymore. I just call it the high court. Yeah. John Roberts has, has struck He's lost control. provisions of the mm-hmm. Voting Rights Act. Yeah. Yeah, they... It's just uh, it's just tone deafness and and, and um, blindness to what I, I I just don't I don't get it. But of course it's it's definitely I mean it's not saying that it has, but I mean I don't know how it can't um, I don't know how it can't go to the next. Some of this gerrymandering that they have uh, when when yeah. the, when the uh, Wisconsin gerrymandering provisions was in the court, they didn't want to bother that. Now they're taking up every gerrymandering case that mm-hmm. comes to them that works against uh, the people of, of this country. Yeah. Uh, city so, County. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we, we got to follow that one and keep on top of that one, Miss Cordelia. That, that's just frightening. That's just frightening. Woo. There's one of these investors calling me asking me, can they buy my house? Oh, well, <laughs> Councilor Duke Oliver, how are you? First and foremost, a belated happy birthday to you, sir. How are you? <laughs> I'm feeling great. Uh, I'm you, feeling good. You look like you had quite the affair there, quite a fair. Big old cake yes, and lots yes, of people yes. and a uh, whole lot of fun. <laughs> Happy I, birthday. I to, to welcome me into the 80s club. Yeah. Today is the, today is the president's tell, birthday. They want to tell me that. Uh, you, you get around good to be 80 years old, you know, like, uh-huh. wait a minute. No. Yeah. I don't and, know, and, uh, what. You know, you, you look good to be 80, you know, wait a minute. How did I look when I was 79? 
Good point. Good point. And today is, uh, by the way, Joe Biden's 81st birthday today. Yeah, today well, is my, I joined the club. I joined the club. Well, Cordelia, how you doing? Thank you so much for all the contribution to the upbringing, upbringing of many of us mm-hmm. that came along in the uh, in the 60s mm-hmm. when the Voting Rights Act and open housing law was passed. Uh, mm-hmm. The leaders, not the leaders, but the spokespersons chipping away at in it. our community that uh, spoke up well uh, for mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. first-time voters, uh, many all over America. It started in 1964, the Voting Rights Act. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, anyway, I want to comment about what you said earlier about uh, uh, the branches of government and uh, three branches of government. And I ran into consistently to where... Uh, Many of us that I know uh, in our community uh, do not participate in democracy in in this sense. Uh, We've been taught early on, all I got to do is vote and and I'm going to heaven. You know, all I got to do is vote and the right thing will happen, you know, to potholes or whatever it may be. Uh, No, it takes more than that. It takes... After you vote, we can't wait every four years to express ourselves or to be taught to look for leaders. Uh, I got to have somebody to lead me, like I'm not a man or you're not a woman. You, you speak for yourself. But many have taught many in our community that they're the leaders and that they speak for you and I and many others in our community instead of the elected officials. Let me point this out participatory, uh, participatory democracy that many uh, of our voters, registered voters, property taxpayers, have been taught we don't say anything until the election cycle. You are individual. You're, you're, you're a grown man. You're a grown woman. And we're not taught that you speak up for yourself. Uh, no, instead, many of us have been taught and buy into, all I got to do is vote. I don't say anything to Biden or Hucknut or anyone to the next voting cycle. Mm-hmm. The individual person must speak up if he has a concern about the education process, uh, not the uh, IPS Board of School Commissioners, or at the State House, uh, or anywhere. It's the individual man or woman that expresses themselves by a phone call. But but you know what? Yeah, Councillor Oliver uh, and uh, Ms. Cordelia made a good point. I don't know that we've always been uh, as good as we needed to be in uh, sharing that information, teaching that information, uh, and and living that information. I just think that all of us could do a little bit better about yes. letting yes. folks. Yes. Yeah, I, I think we could. I look in the mirror. I'm not... I yeah. looked in the mirror. Mm-hmm. I, I get that expression a long time ago, but most recently, Al Sharpton has. Yeah, he says it on his show every Sunday. The man, the woman in the mirror, you know, not pointing the fingers at mm-hmm. what someone else is not doing, but what am I doing in my own household mm-hmm. that I'm over? Not yeah, it makes I, sense. It makes sense. Anyone. It makes you sense. Know, what, not what someone else is not doing, yeah. but what am but, I or you doing to, ma- to make your life 
better. Well, I, I tell you know for both for both of you, if you don't mind, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but uh, a couple of, about a week or two ago, right after the election, Attorney Bohannon, Rod Bohannon with the NAACP, he called in and he was extremely concerned um, about poor voter participation right here in Indianapolis and Marion County. And while voter participation was up, and typically for uh, municipal elections, it's around twenty percent. Uh, it was up to twenty six percent this particular election. Election, which is the highest it's been in a decade. But still, like Attorney Bohannon was saying, you're only getting a fourth of eligible voters to the polls. And with next year coming up, both, you know, the federal elections and the state elections, because next year we're going to elect a governor and one of the leading candidates for governor for the state of Indiana, uh, it, you know, Mike Braun is my goodness. And if he if he is elected, it's even worse. Yeah. And if he is elected uh, and that the, the, the supermajority holds in the in the uh, state house, my goodness, the state of Indiana, let alone what's going on in Washington, D.C., the state of Indiana could be in serious trouble. And there are so many Republicans that are vying for that spot because they know they've got a better than average chance with the state of Indiana being so Republican. Yes. So and, uh, Attorney Bohannon was absolutely correct that, yeah, OK, we can say 26 percent was the best in, in more than 10 years. But it's 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 not the best that we can. I mean, especially going into uh, the elections for 2024 that are, are beyond pivotal. Beyond. Yeah, Mr. Bohannon and, and Cardinal and you and so many others mm-hmm. have brought good information for me and many others to use. What I'm expressing is that. Many of us are not using it. We're acting like we're children, and we the others are representing me instead of me representing. And, and there, yeah, I'm sure that there's a lot of that going. Yeah, there, there's a, a lot. lot yeah. of, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, a simple thing like the property tax, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. That I said, you, you found an appeal, an appeal. What's that? But you know what, Counselor Oliver, so many of these things, so many of these steps are not, we don't, we don't get to them, we don't know them by osmosis. Well, well, no, but my grandfather born in 1881, grandfather Oliver, he he, 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 didn't, he didn't go to school because he wasn't allowed to go to school. You know, he do do him like you do a donkey. You feed him and that was his, that was his pay rate. But he couldn't read. I can read. I'm waiting for somebody to tell me what to do. We, we've been, some have been taught that we look up for a leader, looking around for a leader to tell me what to do. You know, I got to read the paper and that tell me if or I'm falling up short or listen and go act. But instead, uh, I don't act. Uh, I, I got leaders that are coming from somewhere to lead me. We, we, we don't we have no leaders. No, the adult lead himself. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Miss Cordelia, go ahead. You wanted to, you wanted to weigh in on that. Go ahead, Miss Cordelia. Uh, one of the things that the counselor is right, and as I indicated, um, you know, we don't want to go to meetings. The neighborhood associations have meetings where the counselors uh, try to circulate through uh, these associations to provide information. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 you know, uh, my prop well. Uh, property taxes of a house that I own that my aunt died and my cousin, I bought it from my cousin Mm because she said that I promised her mother (laughs) that I wouldn't let anybody tear up her house. Well, Aunt Phil was paying uh, like a thousand dollars a year, five hundred and some dollars every May and uh, November. Mm -hmm. And the property taxes on this house went up to over two thousand dollars. 
And nobody had lived in the house because she had moved and went to Michigan in 2001. And I made an appeal and indicated that this house, even though there are many houses being renovated and built in our area, this house was built back in the 1900, early 1900s. Mm-hmm. So how could it be that the taxes should rise that high? And I got a, um, I don't know what, what it's called now, but they lowered the property taxes. Now I'm sure they're going to go up uh, eventually, and I will be looking at my tax notice next year on this on this property. But you can appeal, but you have to, you know... <laughs> We need to have somebody to tell us how to do that and that we can do that Mm -hmm. because many people don't know. So they just complain and get mad and stay home and and in many cases lose their houses because they can't pay their taxes. Yeah. Yeah, You have to show the the initiative and being a self. I don't know, Tina. You you might be the vehicle. I I don't know that I am, but I tell you what, I can can certainly facilitate, try to facilitate it with getting people. But but folks, so much of that, though, uh, and thank you, Counselor Oliver, uh, so much of that, uh, Counselor and and Ms. Cordelia, is is initiative, taking the initiative. Um, and, And and, you know, it's it's easy just, you know, it's easy to, to identify a problem. It's easy to complain about it. But if you want to do, do you want to do you have to ask yourself, do you I want to do something about it or do I just want to complain about it and say, that's well, that's true. why I'm not doing this is because I don't know how to do it. the You know, so I mean, how it's 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 complex. It really is. But there also is a responsibility that comes with that. Like Councillor Oliver said, you can't just vote and say, OK, I'm done for four years. And, um, you know, Councillor Maggie Lewis comes on here and says that all the time. Uh, Andre Carson comes on this show and says it all the time. We they want to hear from their constituents. They want to hear make us you know, we're here. We work for you. But if we can't if we don't know, we can't do what we should be doing. Uh, so, yes, it's frustrating when they don't answer the phone. Yes, it's frustrating if they don't have a, a number or what have you. But, I, I mean, you just got to stay after it, I guess. I, I don't know. It's it's a it's a tough, it's a tough, tough place to You know, to there are a lot of things happening, like Dr. Burnett, who was released. From yes, 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 yes. That was a protest out there last that, this that weekend. That we need to be watching. And there was a protest out there. I'm not mm-hmm. doing a lot of protesting physically now because I'm having mm-hmm. a mobility challenges Mm -hmm. but i do keep up with what is going on Mm -hmm. and i have a computer and i have a smartphone as they Mm -hmm. call it that i can call and or write and you know let my uh, positions be known Mm -hmm. but uh but but, you know whenever you see a after someone has been hired and and when she you know with with her hiring uh she was hired behind a whole lot of controversy let's just face it she was hired behind a controversy and the fact that she was african-american was probably meant to quiet the noise because there was a statement about you know maintaining the the core white audience or our core white what have you that Mm -hmm. statement really resonated and they they wanted to quiet it down so there's a whole lot of things that probably went into that. But when you hear about a resignation uh, yes. less than, you know, 15 months after, uh, you know, all of the dust is it's apparently starting to settle down, making inroads. Yeah, there's and reason to. Is up and, and contributions are up. Well, you know. Yeah. So wh- what happened? You know, well, and, nobody's talking. You know, she's probably in the position 
where she, and I hope she's in the position where she can't say anything because she had a clause in her contract. If they let her go, she would get a percentage of 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 her salary. You know. Yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. And many times that stops individuals that, from that really does and, and exposing what really happened. And I would suspect that that clause was probably there, Miss Cordelia, in light of the fact that what she was hired behind. You know what I mean? That's so that's especially likely that something like that is in there. Um, and uh, so, you know, we, we, we I guess we'll find out. We, it always comes out. It always comes out. But Miss Cordelia, I cannot thank you enough for coming on here again. Congratulations on the campaign. Well, um, well, I'm going to tell you, Tina, I, like I said to you this morning, when I got when the fat lady sung <laughs> on November the 7th, I said, the Lord has spoken, but the church say amen. <laughs> because I'm going to tell you, Mary Jo Hartsett had broad support among our African-American yeah. residents yeah. because he was able to speak to our issues. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my favorite commercial of the, all of the ones that he had was the one about the the lady and her family and how he became his big brother. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the young man didn't even know that Mayor Joe was the mayor. No, no, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> that and was, he was, uh, he said, I, the table yeah. eating dinner with him. And trying to dance, saying, I love to dance, I just can't. <laughs> or, or something, I, I, I have no rhythm, but I love to dance. Something along those lines, yeah. I yeah, tell you, I have broad support mm-hmm. for Joe Hawkset, and I have broad respect for him. Yeah. And I love him dearly. Now, I didn't say I was in love with him. But no, we know that. Dearly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I will tell him when I think he needs to know something, and I will applaud him when I know he deserves something. So thank you, yeah. all of the citizens well, and, and uh, Tina's show for supporting our mayor. Well, Miss Cordelia, the, the question remains, uh, another election cycle is coming up, a big one, for 2024. Yep. Uh, what's your involvement going to be in that? I... <laughs> I haven't sent a dime out of state, and you have no idea how bad Hakeem Jeffries and Nancy Pelosi and all of the rest of them have. Even uh, Congresswoman Sparks thinks I'm one of her constituents. (laughs) When I get her letter Mm -hmm. to my constituent, I send it on to Andre. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't even know who's in her district. Are you going to go back to work for a campaign? I I don't know. I've mm-hmm. got to have my knees replaced again, and uh-huh. they're giving me problems because they only last 15 years, and mm-hmm. I had my first one replaced uh, in 2000 when I returned from Iowa, working the Iowa caucus in the New Hampshire primary, and, mm-hmm. and uh, what was the Bush v. Gore. Mm-hmm. I was down in Florida working that uh, issue. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure. I may have to just do what I can from home. I talked to my orthopedic doctor who is also the orthopedic doctor for the Pacers, and he told me it would take six months to rehab. Okay. So uh, I will do what I can because I believe in Joe Biden. All right. Okay, well, we'll we'll get you back here. My sofa here in the sunroom, and he's in his converter with sunglasses on, and I'm riding with Biden. All right. Okay, we got you there. Okay, Miss Cordelia uh, Lewis Burks. Happy so thanks. Much. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to you, and we'll talk with you and soon. Let me say on the behalf of Mayor Joe Hartsett to the voters, thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll be back. Have- <laughs> 
WTOC AM, W236CR Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection. Brought to you by Child Advocates. Your voice, their future. On Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And we are back with Community Connection. Just past the second hour of the show. Again, thank you to Miss Cordelia Lewis Burks. Miss Cordelia always uh, delivers. <laughs> she delivers, um, and she's a she, she's just an expert in politics. She doesn't really share her secrets, so to speak, but she knows what she's doing. So uh, we will be talking to her again. Wish her, you know, good continued good health. Hopefully, her health will improve with her knees and. Um, Wish her a happy Thanksgiving, and we'll be talking to her, uh, no doubt, uh, again as the uh, election season uh, kicks up again uh, for 2024. We are turning our attention now to our good friends from Child Advocates. Back with us today uh, on this Thanksgiving week, Cindy Booth, Child Advocates CEO. And Cindy always brings friends, and she brought with her uh, a return, the return of Ante Johnson, Child Advocates Chief Engagement Officer. So Ante and Cindy. Cindy, welcome back to Community Connection. How are you both doing? Good, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Well, happy Thanksgiving to you both as well. Any plans for this week? Well, I'm going to Florida. I don't know what the rest of you are doing. Oh, I'm going to Florida. Okay. <laughs> okay, you're going to Florida. So. <laughs> Is that what people do who are, you know, just about to retire? Is that what they do? They, they, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to visit my sister, which is, you know, doubly fun to be in oh. the sunshine and to be with my sister. Ah, you, are you going to cook or are you going to let her do all of this? Um, her house, her cooking. Her house, her cooking. <laughs> you you will gladly be the guest. How, how about you, uh, Mr. Johnson? Any any plans for this week? No plans. I am laying low, and I'm excited about it. That's the best thing. You know, when you get when you get time off, you just take advantage of it. You just like you say, lay low and and take advantage. So, Cindy, um, th- Thanksgiving is an indicator that we're rapidly uh, about to wrap up uh, another year, which seems almost impossible. I mean, it just seems uh, impossible. But it's also a good time to take stock of what you have and and to look forward for the uh, for the coming year and to just issue some reminders to folks that um, of the work you do, you're still around and, and you know, of opportunities uh, for people to be engaged in the work that you do. So um, you want to you want to give, uh, you know, just give us kind of a, a, a quick, uh, I, I don't know, a recap, I guess, of, of what's been going on this past year. Sure. We've had exciting things going on this year. We um, are working on our research study. Your listeners may remember when we talked with our attorneys who mm-hmm. represent youth in the um, child welfare system. So we are doing a a research study on that and have served so many kids around the state with that, getting them out of placement, uh, lock placements and and those kinds of things. Um, We work on our immigration cases where we get young people who've been brought to um, Indiana for work you know, trafficked essentially and abandoned, abused and abandoned. And so we get them their legal documentation. We have educational liaisons that have been on before, and we've talked with um, you all about how we can help kids who are struggling with their school progress, and um, we do mediations to get young people and children to permanent homes more quickly. In fact, I left the office today, and there was a mediation going on this morning, which was great to see. 
And then we have our Interrupting Racism for Children workshop. So, mm-hmm. you know, we work on the issues of race equity all the time. So all of that's been really busy this year, and we will continue all of those programs next mm-hmm. year. Yeah. For those who may not necessarily be, we always, you know, we always defer to, even though we, we know our audience, we defer to those who may be listening or may be finding out about Child Advocates for the first time. Child Advocates has been around for a minute, um, and... Um, it's a nonprofit organization, uh, but but can you yeah just just let everyone know exactly who you are and what you do. Yes, we're over forty years old, and so for many years we did CASA. People may remember the CASA um, mm-hmm. organization, and that contract went to another organization, and we pivoted to do these other things, mostly legal services for young people. And then the other thing that we do, which we've talked about, and I can't believe I forgot this, is we connect. Uh, we have a statewide access site to connect children to mental health wraparound services, and so we're in every county in the state. And um, you know, over the years, we've had wonderful staff come to us, and all of that takes support. So most of it, we're grant supported. But there is something coming up next Tuesday called Giving Tuesday in which the online community has created a way that people can efficiently say, I'd like to support that organization or this organization. Mm -hmm. And so um, Ante is here to talk about how we are sending out that campaign to all of our supporters or people on Facebook or people who are, you know, Mm -hmm. out there in the world who'd like to support uh, child advocates and the work we do. Yeah. And and these children are in the court system, in the legal system, through no fault of their own um, whatsoever. And so it's right. it's really important that services be available for them. But, but Ante, go ahead. The mic is yours. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, and Giving Tuesday is a global day of giving. If you are fortunate and blessed enough to work in the nonprofit sector. Uh, what's really cool about Giving Tuesday is it's an opportunity for organizations such as Child Advocates to raise unrestricted dollars, we call in, in, in this space. And that means that we could utilize those dollars to not only help support our programming, which helps us to deliver the impactful work that we do for children and families, but it also allows us to do things such as, um, you know, it could be rent, it could be for employees, it could be, you know, all of the, the things that it takes for us to maintain uh, the impact that we're doing as an organization without restriction. So it's a really powerful day. Uh, people from all over the globe uh, can give and donate to childadvocates.net. We would love to see as many of our friends and family members join us uh, for this day. Our goal for that day is $15,000. Uh, for some, that may seem like a lot, uh, but we believe that uh, our friends and families will uh, ride along with us and help us reach our goal so that we can continue to mm-hmm. impact children and families who are in who have been abused and or mm-hmm. uh, neglected yeah how has giving giving tuesday worked for you in years past I we have to that. Had, oh, go ahead uh, oh, go, go ahead Cindy. yeah no i was just gonna say we um i love that ante has named an amount because we have <laughs> kind of a stretch amount for us we've we've done under that amount for a couple of years 
it's a really efficient way for us to gather our supporters in and, you know, get online and have people help mm-hmm. us or drop a check to our, our, um, our address. And so it's, it's been a really good way to connect to other people who want to support children in our area. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the numbers, Cindy um, and Ante, the, you know, to, to, to bring it a little closer to home, just to just to let folks know and our listeners know the numbers are daunting. It, it's it's kind of frightening in a way when you think about it. Can you share the numbers, the number of children affected, the number of children in the system? Uh, just those and put them in context for us. Right. So at any one time, just in Marion County right now, I think there are about twenty four, twenty five hundred children in the child welfare system. So some of them might be with relatives like grandma. Some of them might be in placement facilities. Some of them may be in foster homes. And so that's a lot. Think of that, 24, 2,500 children mm. at one time. Mm. Um, and so we help about 200 of those children with our attorneys, and we are at a waiting list right now. We are almost at capacity. So, you know, having more funds, as Ante says, helps us hire more staff to help more children. It's as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there are people that that give and give quite well on Giving Tuesday. Uh, And so $15,000, the goal, uh, and it's from what, uh, I guess from midnight to midnight, right? Yes, and I'll tell you, we have somebody who has given $10, and I get as excited about $10 because that means we've made a new friend. I have a friend who always says it's just about making friends. Um, you know, sure, it'd be great if somebody wrote a check for 15, but there's something about the collective of everybody helping mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with what they can that is just so powerful about Giving Tuesday. That's the whole idea about Giving Tuesday. And what's the date again? It's the Tuesday right after Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, November 28th. And excuse me, I didn't mention that uh, mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah, November 28th. Uh, and people can give, is there a text to give number or do they need to go to the, how, how can they give on Giving Tuesday to Child Advocates? Yes, they can go right to our website, child, and that is childadvocates.net. Um, there's a portal there that they can jump into and make their uh, donations, large or small. Uh, to Cindy's point, it's just the collective impact when you have folks from literally all over the globe um, zeroing in on, in this case, children. For us, it's children that we want to impact. And so when we collectively do that, uh, the impact is far-reaching. Yeah. Yeah. So um, are are there any additional programs? I mean, like things that may—I see the major programs that you have, but additional things that Child Advocates does for the kids, especially toward the end of the year, or is it all pretty much— glad you mentioned that we do have a fund called the wishing well fund and if somebody wanted to you know do it like a ten dollar or twenty five dollar or whatever amount Mm -hmm. uh donation those are where our um social workers or attorneys can turn to that fund and get something that a child needs so let's say they came into the child welfare system and they don't have a coat and we don't want to wait until that can be approved by dcs Department of Child Services, then we can go ahead and get the coat. Or let's say a child is um, with grandmother, and grandmother's saying they need these certain things. We might be able to help with a gift that has been supported by people going into our Wishing Well Fund. 
So do you have to designate your funding to go to the Wishing Well Fund, or is is the funding just... You can. Yeah, you can. So um, usually when you, um, you know, make a gift online, it'll say give you a chance to say, like, in a... <laughs> this is how old I am. Like in a hard check where it says memo. <laughs> I, you're not old, Cindy. Believe you me. <laughs> you, can, you can say the reasons, you know, how you want that uh-huh. uh, funding to be spent. Isn't it so, scary how nobody knows how to write a check anymore? <laughs> I almost stopped myself from saying that, but it's, I know. It's, it's I know. an opportunity for you to say, hey, I'd really like this to go to the attorney program or mm-hmm. the educational liaisons, or I'd really like to help a child by providing mm-hmm. a coat or a toy at Christmas or something like that. Mm-hmm. So that would be the wishing well. Yeah. So some of the, uh, as you reflect back on, on your time, uh, and or even just this, this past year, uh, children that, uh, you know, have, by whatever means, are now are no longer a part of the system, have worked their way out of the system or what have you. Mm-hmm. T- tell us about some of the, the feedback that you get or some of the, you know, success stories that that would make someone excited about giving, you know, because this it does work. Child yes. advocates does work. So a long time ago when I was still doing trials, I was walking um, downtown. I think we'd had lunch during the middle of a trial with Greg Ellis, who used to be our VP of program operations. And he had been a DCS case manager. Then he'd been with us as a guardian of litem. And then, you know, he progressed and was promoted. But we were walking along and talking about the trial. And this young woman pushing a stroller came up. And she said, Mr. Greg, Mr. Greg. And she remembered him all those years later. Oh, wow. He made such an impact in her life. That happens to our workers all of the time. Um, You know, I had a story that I said on this uh, Giving Tuesday video that we did that will be on on our website. Mm -hmm. And I talk about a baby who was um, in the system until age four. Now think about that. Oh my goodness. Age four. And what our attorneys did was they made sure that child was sent to a permanent home as quickly as possible so they could be in a loving home. So that baby won't remember what we did, right? But the life has been changed in a way because of the work of our staff. So we get people stopping by all the time. I've had people say to me, you know, I was at the grocery store and I saw you know, this child, this was now an adult, and they remembered me. And mm-hmm. So there's an impact there that whether young people remember or are able to articulate it, they know that our workers have changed their lives. Yeah, yeah. And and you know that you've changed. You, you, under your leadership, lives have been changed. I mean, I know you don't, you don't like, you're very humble and you don't like to take uh, credit, but, but you're... Uh, your 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 caring leadership has has made a difference uh, for these kids over the years. Uh, for those of you who may not know, Cindy is going to uh, start a new chapter uh, at the end of the year. She'll be back with us. We got her one more time. I think we got you one more time. <laughs> well, but, uh, thank you for your kind words, Tina. I appreciate that. I think I was saying this to a group of people who were you know we're hoping to be friends. On mm-hmm. knows we're hoping these folks to be friends and supporters once again at a reception last week. And, I said, all I really wanted to do was help the child in front of us, and then we move on to the next one. And that is a heartfelt, genuine mm-hmm. emotion and goal, you know. So luckily we had great staff every step of the way. So that's how that's how I have lasted this long. Yeah, well, yeah. 
<laughs> because <laughs> you know what though, I can see I can see it both ways. I mean, I can see you know it being a high burnout because you're just so emotional with the mm -hmm. you know, and I can also see it being something that you don't want to let go of because you're so emotional and involved. So I can yeah. see it all the way around. I'm sure you've had you've had both emotions somewhere along the road, uh, yeah. somewhere along the way. But um, with with the children, uh, especially and the, the the numbers and the high numbers in this time of year, people just generally want to. They, you know what I mean? They just want to give. They, you want to do for them. Uh, it's it's tis the season, as they say. That's right. I just walked into Walmart uh, just a minute ago, and there was a lady giving her time for the Salvation Army. You know, and I put put my money in there, and so I guess this is our online version of that, right? Mm -hmm. Online version. Okay, we hope. Yeah, we hope people will support what we do by going to our website, childadvocates.net, on next Tuesday. Yeah. Um, they can go tomorrow. They can go now if they want to. I was going to say, do you have to wait? You don't have to no. wait. <laughs> Ante said, no, no, no. <laughs> no, you, you don't have to wait. And I'll just add to that um, when it comes to the giving amount, it, it, you know, Cindy kind of alluded to that earlier. It doesn't have to be the, the full 15000 It could be $10. It could be $20, $25, All of these gifts make a tremendous uh, impact on our programming and on the, the young people that we serve. I'd also like to add, and, and I appreciate you uh, sharing this uh, with us, uh, Tina, and that is, Cindy, our, um, you know, courageous, bold leader, she won't say it, but we'll say it for her. Uh, if there are those out there who you've been impacted by Cindy's leadership and the impact that she's had on our community, make a donation in honor of Cindy. Cindy has been a game changer in a life of children for decades in this community. And where would child advocates be? But not only where would child advocates be, where would our community be without a leader such as Cindy Booth? And so we celebrate you, Cindy, publicly. We thank you for all of the hard work, all of your years of sacrifice, and it hasn't gone unnoticed. And so I just want to put a challenge out there to our friends. You know who you are. Please consider making a contribution. And they've already come in. Uh, in honor of Cindy and her legacy. That is beautiful, Ante. I love that. And you know what? We love challenges on this show. We love, you know, <laughs> you're challenging and you know who you are. That is, If that's not a fundraiser, I don't know who is. <laughs> <Because laughs> that is the line of a true fundraiser. I'm challenging you and you know who you are, so let's get it done, please, for these children in the name of Cindy Booth. And, oh, you know, thank you. yeah, yeah, indeed, absolutely. And we, we certainly uh, encourage folks. But you're right. You don't have to wait wait until because the website is open year round. I mean, the you know, like you were saying, the the wishing well fund and you know, all kinds of things. It's open year round to help out with these children. And um there there uh how many how many would you say are going into the system? Is is there a number for that that, you know, each day more and more, you know, how many go in are taken into the, the system? Well, I'd say, you know, total, we have about 2,500. Yeah, total. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm not sure exactly how many new. It's way less than it used to be. Okay. But, um, yeah, 2,500 is still a lot of children. You know, you wouldn't want. And they're staying in the system longer. So in Mary, I was going to ask that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really kind of um, 
kind of disturbing. Now Marion County is uh, 900 days on average in foster care. Oh, my goodness. Until they get from the moment they come in to the moment they either adopt it or go back home is 900 days. That's a lot. You think about a baby who's come in and, you know, that's nearly three years. That's that's something we need to work on in there. Why? Why sure. is that? Is it the the court system? Is that is it that backed up or back? I mean, or is it the process? What what's causing that? Because like you're saying, that's over three years per child. Yes, yes, on average. So that's on average. Um, I think it's you know some of the things with um, the way the court system is set up. They're still doing virtual hearings rather than in person. So there are a lot of factors to it. Maybe it's more of the difficult cases are lasting longer. You know, I'm not sure there are multiple reasons. There certainly are multiple reasons for it. But it is a cause for concern. So if you're in Marion County and your child brought in, it's going to be about 200 more days on average than other children in, in the system around the state. That's not something to be proud about. No, not at all. And so we got it. We got to do better. We got to certainly yes, got to do better. Absolutely. And make sure. So what did, did we forget anything? I love, Auntie, I, I'd like for you to repeat that before you go. The, uh, the, the, the giving in honor of uh, Cindy Booth and her service to child advocates uh, for giving Tuesday. Uh, but um, it is before we get to that, Auntie, uh, is there anything else that, that we're, that I'm missing or that we're forgetting before we have to let you go? Well, I'd also like to add, there's many uh, things that we could say about Cindy and her leadership. And I know Cindy, uh, she's, it's not, it's never been about her. It's always, it's never, it, you know, Cindy would say it's not about me, but it's about we, it's about us. Uh, but I just also like to add that Cindy was before her time when it came to racial equity conversations. She's been, and we have been doing at, at, under her leadership I've been doing this work for for a very long time, um, and that is race. Uh, I've seen we talked about interrupting racism for children, and for some, you know, let's just be honest. It's just about checking a box. For Cindy, no, this is a way of life. It's it's about equity. It's about uh, how do we all work together. Uh, she had a passion for black and brown uh, children, and so uh, again, just another highlight of the success that Cindy's had here in central Indiana for a very long time. But I really wanted to highlight the work that she's been doing around diversity, equity, and inclusion for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. And, Cindy, that's that's not always easy work, is it? Well, thank you. I appreciate mm-hmm. those words. And it's a lot easier when you have folks like Jill English, whom your audience mm-hmm. have heard, and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Ante and others. Um, but it's you know, you just don't want any child to be ignored. No. Any child, and um, we had a we have a pretty high disproportionate percentage of African American children in our child welfare system in Indianapolis, and uh, that's something that needs to change too. Cindy and Ante, we have a caller, uh, Tanya, that has a question about child advocates and the Department of Children's Services. Tanya, go ahead. How are you? Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to know the children that are held in custody. Uh, of DCS while uh, waiting to be placed with the family or adopted, is DCS paid for those children just while they while they stay in their custody? I, I couldn't quite hear that. Could you repeat the question, Tina? I couldn't quite hear. Um, Tanya, tell me if I get it correct. Uh, the children that are, are that become uh, under the the supervision of DCS is DCS paid uh, when these children? Uh, is that the correct question, Tanya? 
Right. While they're in custody for the DCS. While they're in the custody of DCS, is DCS paid while these children are in their custody? Right. So DCS gets federal funding and state funding to take care of the children, to pay for the services, to pay for the foster parents, all of those things that are are, uh, put in place to try to help that child. Okay. And the reason I ask that, because I remember, and I don't know where I heard this, was that was one of the reasons why uh, it takes so long because DCS is being paid, so they hold up the children in the process because of the monies that they receive. Do you know anything about that, Cindy? I've heard people say that, but... Oh, I'm sorry. I've heard people say that, but I, I... I think there are, you know, well-intentioned people who work in all parts of child welfare, and I can't imagine anybody doing that for the bottom line. I, I haven't seen any evidence of that myself. Okay. But it, we have we have heard, uh, and Tanya, that's that's a question, and actually that's a conversation that we've had on this show mm-hmm. uh, before where there was concern that uh, some of these children were either placed uh, in places where they, they should not have been, they were there longer than what they should have been, and part of the, uh, it was believed that part of the issue was uh, the funding that these these institutions were getting um, right. and, and reporting back to DCS for, um, you know, for their, uh, I guess, funding purposes i i don't know but that that's not a that's not a conversation that hasn't been on the show before cindy anante it's it's interesting yes well so we have talked about placement facilities that get a very high facilities yes those facilities yes and so those are paid by dcs and it's you know you wonder Mm -hmm. when a facility comes in and says this child is not quite ready to leave. Right. Getting paid so much. I think that was the conversation we had. Yes, that was but, it. That was it. Yeah. Right. In terms of whether DCS is collectively and intentionally keeping all children in for a longer period of time, I think it's probably, sadly, not as thoughtful or intentional of that. It's the system, right? And it's 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 a review of the system that might need to be done from top to bottom. So why is it that we're not? Um, in a hurry to get that baby out mm-hmm. of foster care. Why are we okay with a child being in in the child welfare system for three years? That should not happen, right? Mm-hmm. And so, right, so it's more a systemic thing, which is a lot more difficult to change. And it would need people like uh, Tanya to, to say, what about this? Yeah. You know, and, and make noise about it. Where, where does the state legislature come in in terms of that? Yeah, so they look all the time, you know, at how much they're giving DCS and looking at outcomes and performance. I think that's some a way that people can speak to their legislators, their state legislators, and say, why is that? Our, our legislators do listen to us. And I've had, you know, many of them mm-hmm. call us and say, what about this or what about that? And so it, they do listen to, you know, what is on the mind of their constituents. And so um, I think that's a really important thing to do. If that's important to you, to say we've got to do better by our kids. There's another thing, Tina, that's coming, and maybe we can talk about it another time, and it's related to our our um, research project that we're doing with Notre Dame, and that is oh, yeah. evidence-based policymaking. So we're not just saying, hey, we do good work. We're asking DCS, perhaps, and others to say, show us. 
Show us by evidence that you're doing good work. Yeah, show us, good point. You know, So, like, for one thing, this would be, wow, kids are in care 900 days in Marion County. That's not a good statistic. No. Why is that? It's right? frightening. So, mm-hmm. Right. So that's the way that we can combat this as well on a systemic level. Marie wanted to follow up to Tanya's question. Marie, go ahead. How are you? Um, good afternoon, everyone. Um, I, I wanted to piggyback off of the caller who stated that I actually heard the same thing, that our kids, our African-American children, mm-hmm. they are in the system longer because they do get paid. Um, the system is very flawed. And no one is going to openly say that our children are staying in the system longer um, because they're getting money for each of our children. They're not going to openly say that. But it is hurtful to know that our kids are in the system a minimum of 900 days. And, And also stating that even if our children go to a relative, no funds are given to the relative. It's called um, relative kinship, mm-hmm, and no mm-hmm. funds are there for the re- re- relatives that are helping the children mm-hmm. or maybe their grandchildren or maybe their niece or nephew that are in the system. Mm-hmm. That's and right, so and unless they get trained as foster parents, that's right. So how can we, you know, how can we pinpoint that? The pinpoint is, well, how many white children are still in the system and are they getting to permanency or a permanent home faster? What about the black and brown children? And do that with data. I think that's the really important thing because we can say, well, you know, in general statements, we think such happening, but until we have it with data, the legislators and others listen to that. You know, they really do listen to that. And that's how we will, we will make change. So who would be in charge of collecting that data? Well, there are a lot of studies going on right studies, now. So okay. you can go on. You can go on right now. Where I got the 900-day um, mm-hmm. uh, statistic was for, from going to the court services um, website and looking for indicators of performance, and it shows every county. Like it has one of those little cursor things that you can mm-hmm. go on to Marion County. It shows average day to this, average day to that. Now, the flaw in that is they don't show demographics, which I think is really, really important. Well, yeah. Yeah. But you can almost guess at the demographics based on the county. I hate to say that. Yeah, Yeah, But you kind of can. Um, And, uh, you know, just based on the county demographics. And you can go to DCS's own website and see what's called practice indicators. And so, you know, armed with that, I think mm-hmm. information that is, these are, this is information that we've collected. I think that's really powerful. Yeah. But it takes all of us to do that. You know, it takes all of us to do it. It takes child advocates. It takes, in, in, in individual cases, it takes us to stand up for children and to do what's right. And then it, systemically, it takes all of us to be willing to do that. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's make sure that Child Advocates stays in place uh, and stays fully funded, uh, including uh, a wonderful opportunity on Giving Tuesday. Ante, I told you I'd let you have the, the last word. And so, uh, again, for those who may have missed it, uh, go ahead. Giving Tuesday's coming up, but you can give right now. That's what you were saying. Absolutely. Giving Tuesday is Tuesday, November 28th. It's a national day a global day of giving. Uh, We are excited about this opportunity. Our goal for this year's Giving Tuesday is $15,000. I'm challenging 
judges, attorneys, uh, former staff, former board members that have worked with Cindy over the years. You know how amazing and how credible she is and the impact that she's had in our community for more than 30 years. I'm asking that you give on behalf of children. Of course, that's what Cindy's heart and desire is, but also consider making a pledge and a donation on behalf of the, the impactful work that Cindy has done mm -hmm. uh, for our community for decades. We are so honored uh, to be a part of uh, Cindy's legacy, and we want you to Give uh, as a as a as a reminder that we believe in Cindy and we're thankful for her legacy yeah. in our community for all these many years. Thank you so much. Thank you, Auntie and Cindy. We we hope that a number of like you say the community anyone out there can can pick this up, pick up this baton and run with it, and 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 try to help us out here in Marion County with getting those numbers down. That's frightening, yeah. uh, frightening that these children are in the system uh, on an average of nine hundred. I, I just can't even I can't even begin to imagine. So we we've got to do better. But I think that there are a number of people that can follow in the the path that you've blazed and. Uh, 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 we'll do uh, we'll do well because of your guidance, uh, you know, these past several years. So, uh, yeah, we want we want to do well. Everybody wants to do well by the kids. And again, these kids are there through no no fault of their own, nothing, no fault of their own, you know, no right. of their own whatsoever. That's right. And uh, they they need to be taken care of in the best possible way. Child Advocates has done a great job of that, and will continue to do so. Uh, and um, Giving Tuesday, like we said, is just uh, one of the most fantastic opportunities. Sky, we have. We have the final caller, I guess. No, okay, okay. We do not have a final caller. Uh, Cindy, Ante, thank you both very much. The website, the website again. Childadvocates.net. Childadvocates.net. We heard it in stereo, ladies and gentlemen. Childadvocates.net. <laughs> Cindy, Ante, thank you both so very much for coming on and sharing with us. Uh, you know, have a safe, happy, restful uh, Thanksgiving week, and uh, we'll be talking with Child Advocates again before the end of the year. Thank you so much. Happy awesome. Thanksgiving. All right. Thank you. Same to you. Happy Thanksgiving. 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 And, and same to you. And we'll be back with more Community Connection right after this. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we're back with Community Connection. want to thank... Um, Child advocates, uh, they're always so helpful and always have so much information uh, regarding help for these these innocents. They are they are the innocents and they need people. They need us. And so, um, you know, we thank goodness for thank God for uh, organizations like child advocates and people that are working very hard uh, child advocates. And so uh, on Giving Tuesday, uh, please consider uh, a donation to child advocates. Their website, childadvocates.net. Um, Cordelia Lewis Burks. What can we say about Cordelia Lewis Burks? She is uh, an expert, uh, a veteran Democratic strategist, uh, an expert uh, uh, in the world of politics, uh, has been around for a number of years, uh, and uh, most recently was tapped as the Hogsett for Re-Election Chair. Uh, she wanted to come on and uh, thank uh, those who voted uh, for her candidate. <laughs> that she was taking care of and represent. And she always imparts um, a lot of wisdom on us as well. I want to thank Miss Cordelia for, for coming on uh, and sharing with us uh, about uh, the the ins and outs. Again, Miss Cordelia didn't get too too deep into the weeds 
you know, regarding strategies and things of that nature. But she she comes out winning. She's uh, if she didn't, they wouldn't. Uh, everybody wouldn't go to her. So um, she knows her stuff. She knows her business. So again, we thank Miss Cordelia for coming on and sharing with us. And I believe that we'll be hearing from her um, again uh, uh, in the next uh, in the coming weeks and months. Um, want to make sure, uh, as I was saying, uh, this is the last live community connection until a week from today. This is the last live show. We're going to have an encore show tomorrow. Uh, and then the remainder of the week will allow you to enjoy the music that we provide here on Praise AM 1310 and 95.1 Indies Inspiration. Uh, so a bit of a break. Um, but uh, one of the bigger things going on in our community, and I would be remiss if I didn't uh, didn't remind everyone of that, is the Moselle Sanders Thanksgiving Feed the Hungry event. Uh, and as you know, uh, that is always held right here uh, in Indianapolis, Marion County, Thanksgiving Day. Uh, as always, donations and volunteers are needed. Uh, the website is MoselleSanders.org. MoselleSanders.org is the website to find out more. If you want to donate, volunteer, request a meal, uh, there's a text-to-donate number uh, that the Moselle Sanders Foundation is using. Um, you can use your cell phone. Pull it out. Simply text the word Moselle, M-O-Z-E-L, to the number 53555. Text the word Moselle to the number 53555. Now, um, we've had a number, Sky has shared with me that we've had a number of calls into the studio uh, from uh, people requesting a meal, and we've got that covered, too. Um, again, you can go to the website, MoselleSanders.org. You can go to the website, MoselleSanders.org, or you can simply call the number. You can call this number, 317-636-7985. Again, if you would like to request a meal, you can go to the website, MoselleSanders.org, or you can call the number, 317-636-7985, 317-636-7985, to request a meal for the Thanksgiving Day Feed the Hungry event. It is not too late. It is not too late to put your request in, but uh, my advice would be to call as soon as you can, to call as soon as you can, because I'm not sure uh, when uh, Stephanie and the foundation um, are going to cut it off, uh, but they have to get a, a set number uh, so that they can go ahead and prepare. They already have a fairly decent idea, so um, you don't want to be cut off. You don't want to call that morning. Thanksgiving morning and say, hey, can you can you bring me a meal? Because I just think the odds of that are pretty low. So if you can and you know you'd like a meal, you are welcome to it. No questions asked, no registration. You are welcome to have a meal. All you have to do to make your request and put your request in, I would do it sooner rather than later. I would do it as soon as possible. Um, go to the MoselleSanders.org website or call the number. Give it to you again, 317-636-7985, 317-636-7985. Uh, one of the things that makes the Moselle Sanders uh, Feed the Hungry event uh, go uh, is the number of volunteers. They have an incredible volunteer network. This year in particular, they are seriously in need, seriously, seriously, seriously in need of volunteers to help clean up Um that day, that morning, you know, that, that day, right after everything is done, they need help cleaning up. They seriously need help cleaning up. If that's your gift, uh, if that's what you do better, uh, you know, like I've said before, uh, I have a, I like to cook. My sister, 
uh, who is 18 months younger than me, uh, likes to clean. She loves, loves, loves. She would rather be in a house cleaning than cooking any day. I'd rather be in a house cooking any day. So, I mean, I'll clean, but hey, I would much rather be in front of the stove. So, but if cooking is your thing, I mean, if I'm sorry, if cleaning up is your thing, like my sister, uh, if that's your thing and you want to volunteer and help out uh, a worthy cause, please, by all means, let them know that you're available. And I would do that sooner rather than later as well. Um, and you can go to the website, MoselleSanders.org for that, or you can call uh, 317-636-7985. Again, that number, if you want to volunteer to help clean up especially. You can volunteer in any area. I'm just saying that there is a special need, a dedicated need uh, for those who can help clean up. 317-636-7985. 317-636-7985. MoselleSanders.org uh, is the website. So um, the other thing uh, as we, you know, prepare to go into the Thanksgiving uh, gatherings, uh, just make sure that we stay, uh, you know, the COVID, yes, the, the COVID emergency has subsided, but COVID-19 is still very much out there. Please be careful. Please be smart. Uh, please do everything you can to keep yourself and those around you safe. Uh, and, and you know, just 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 use COVID safe measures. And you, we all know what they are. If we don't know what they are by now after this many years, and we're not going to know. Um, and one of the ways, well, it's, it's a little late to get the, the test now because Thanksgiving is Thursday. Uh, but uh, you can still have them because the holidays don't end. I mean, we still got, you know, New Christmas and New Year's Eve and New Year's Day and, and things of that nature, all of which are, are, are big gatherings as well. So um, the government is still offering free COVID test kits uh, for you to have in your home at your convenience. Uh, just go to covid.gov slash test, covid.gov slash test. It will take you less than 25 seconds. I tried to make it to 30 seconds and couldn't. If you go on the website, it's going to take you less than 30 seconds to put your name in, uh, give your address, and hit hit send or, you know, hit good, and they'll say you're all good to go. So I believe that that's still open. If it's not, I'm in trouble, but I, I'm pretty sure that that website is still open and they are still offering uh, free COVID test. Um, that is all the time we have for right now. Again, our programming note, we will be back live on Community Connection one week from today, Monday, November 27th. Uh, tomorrow, there will be an encore show. The rest of the week, please enjoy the music. Again, back live with Community Connection on Monday, November 27th. Look forward to talking with you all again uh, on the 27th. We are always Praise AM 1310 and 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration. Don't forget about our website, praiseindy.com. Willie Moore Jr. on the radio is up next. Thank you, as always, for listening. I hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving. Stay safe, stay well. We'll talk again uh, next Monday, the 27th, one week from today. Again, as always, please be safe and be well. I'm Tina Cosby, and this is Community Connection.